Learn how to build your faith on God's word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. In this last six months, they will be completed. Anything that was lost in this last six months, they will be restored. Thank you, Father, for you will show yourself strong on our behalf. You will fight for us. You will speak for us. You will defend us. You will protect us in the name of Jesus. We come with a grateful heart this morning to thank you, to worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Come on, if you're excited, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, we're starting. I don't like how I'm sounding. I don't know what's wrong. How many are excited to be seeing the last six months of the year? It's awesome, awesome. And I, and I trust God with you that uh, the year will end well for you. In the name of Jesus, God will come through for you. Nothing will be left undone. Your 2021 is ending well. In the name of Jesus. Whatever is a desire or a prayer in your heart, heaven will respond. I said heaven will respond. In the name of Jesus, death shall be far from you. Pain shall be far from you. Sorrow will be far from you. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right. Um, today is also Thanksgiving service, so I'm going to just do an intro to um, the series of the month. And we'll pick it up from there. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. So we're starting the series titled Dead Man Walking. Or Dead Man. Okay, Dead Man Walking. Hallelujah. And... Um, it's a scriptural concept because the truth is that as believers, we're actually meant to be dead. We're meant to be dead and then we'll resurrect with Christ. The person we are following to died and rose. So we too, we are meant to be dead to some of some things and alive to other things. Are you here, somebody? He said, we who were once dead in our trespasses and in our sins... We are now alive unto God. So we are dead men that are alive. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? We are dead to the lifestyle of the world. We are dead to trespasses and sins. Hallelujah. Okay, look at it here. It says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Say, we are dead indeed unto sin. But we are what? Alive unto God. Glory to God. So we're dead men walking. We're dead men walking. The purpose of this teaching is to draw us to the importance of consecration. Of consecration. You cannot be an effective believer. 
you cannot be an effective vessel. You cannot be an effective priest of God without consecration. The Bible says we are kings and we are priests. Is somebody get what I'm saying? You can't be a king without consecration. Every king must be consecrated as a king. Is somebody get what I'm saying? You are not a king because you declare yourself a king. There is a consecration into your kingship. You can't be a priest just because you wear the garment. There must be a consecration into the priesthood. You can't be a vessel unto honor except there is consecration. What I'm trying to tell you is that you can never fully maximize your potential in God. You can never fully become all God wants you to be except there is consecration. Consecration just means a setting apart and a dedication of yourself. The reason is why we don't have people walking in the things they should walk in, in the magnitude they should walk in it, is because we have not really, you know, told people the power of consecration. If you notice, Jesus was never, you know, into just focusing on our prosperity or our blessings. And those things are nice, but he always had to call people to a higher order of life because that is how you even get the blessing. And that's how that's the way you will enjoy the blessing. Most of what we do today is just to focus on how people will be happy. But you see, you can't really be happy if there is no consecration. You can't be free if there is no consecration. You really can't be free. So Jesus will always tell people, take up your cross and follow me. Trust me, if there was an easier way, he would offer you. For him to tell you, take up your cross, it means there is no easier way. He will tell that rich young ruler, sell all you have. Give it away and follow me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And um, <laughs> if Jesus was a pastor, he wouldn't have always had a great church. You know, because people, what, what many pastors try to do is that the only way to have people constantly coming is to be preaching or acting the way the people like. So they will keep coming. You know, that's what most pastors do. And, and I'm a pastor, sometimes we are all under that pressure. But Jesus was not like that. Jesus was very okay with losing people. When he told that guy, go and sell all you. I mean, how do you even tell somebody that has money to go and sell everything you have? Give it away. And come and follow. As in, leave what you are doing. Come and follow me. How you, how you even set your mouth, talker? But Jesus had no qualms with it. And the guy didn't take the offer and Jesus was okay with it. He didn't get angry. He knew it's not everybody that would be able to make it. He told Peter right after he breakthrough. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. This guy had a thriving business. He just got a breakthrough in short. If you know anything about Jews, they pass on family business. That's how it works. Jews hardly look for employment. They pass on family business. So when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, there's an understanding to it because that's how they, they, everybody follows their father's business. Do you understand? So that's Zebedee Fisheries. I don't even think it was Peter that started it. Peter probably inherited it. It was something that has been in their lineage. Do you understand? Jews don't depend so much on education. They depend on skill acquisition. 
Do you understand? Education means you will beg somebody to employ you. If you like be chief accountant somewhere, somebody must still give you that work. But when you have skill, if nobody likes you in this world, because the Jews are used to not being liked, but if you have the skill I need, I will work. Are you getting what I'm saying, somebody? So this is their understanding. I'm just trying to show you how big a deal it was for Peter to leave that thing he was doing. This is why people like Apostle Paul, when he was going about preaching, he was also doing tent making. All Jews, no matter how educated they were, they had to learn a certain skill because you will usually find yourself somewhere. They are used to being chased around. They are used to being killed. So you will find yourself somewhere you are not liked. You find yourself where even your degree might not be recognized in the country you are in. So what are you going to do? So as great as Apostle Paul was, a big teacher, a big lawyer and Pharisee, he, he learned tent making. So when he was traveling and preaching, and the churches and cook couldn't take care of him. He said he was doing tent making by the side. This is just their understanding. So that's Zebedee Fisheries. I'm just telling you all to say that Zebedee Fisheries was a family business that had been passing for generation to generation. And here comes Jesus. Tells Peter, follow me. I'll make you what? Fishers of men. As in leave this family thing. And they had many ships. So I'm thinking it was a lucrative big business. It was prosperous. They had many ships. He left it. Glory to God. So Jesus always called people to sacrifice. He always called people to sacrifice. And he's not just trying to punish them. The reason is because there is no way you can be glorified without going through the cross. There must be a sacrifice. Listen, if... and. <laughs> Anytime you see people at the top, that's why there are never many people at the top. It's not free. There is always a level of consecration that you must go through to get to a new height. It's just the way life works. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There must be a sacrifice before there is glory. That's how it works. They say Jesus Christ, he thought it not robbery to, he, even though he was equal to with God, he thought it not robbery for him to come down here and be a man. And he laid down everything and said, then God exalted him. Are you here, somebody? He had to first make the sacrifice. He has to consecrate himself. If you want a higher level, and you see, there is always space at the top. It's just that people, you know... <laughs> find it hard to make the sacrifice. And let me tell you, even if you decide to stay on the bottom, even that bottom is still hard. Are you here, somebody? The bottom where you want to stay is still not comfortable. So if I were you, I would go through the discomfort of consecration, the temporary discomfort of consecration so that we get glorified. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? We are called to a life of consecration as believers. There's no shortcut to it. If you are going to really live the Christian life, you must consecrate yourself. God has called you to life of consecration. Most times, when we worship, when we say we come for a worship service, we are thinking of music. We are thinking of a worship leader. We are thinking of, you know, lifting our hands in worship. You must realize that real worship is not music. So if you are really a worshiper of God, what they are talking about is not that you come and sing in church. It's not that you lift your hands in church. You see, that lifting of hands is communicating something. The lifting of hands itself is not the worship. The lifting of hands itself is communicating something. Now, the Bible makes it clear that God wants men to lift holy hands. 
Do you understand? So when we're lifting hands, it's actually it's a significance. So that's why we tell you in worship, can you lift your hands? It's not some, that's not time for you to do like this or put your hand in your pocket and pose. No, it's important you lift your hand in worship. It's important. DJ, I don't know if you can find that scripture. He said he wished that all men everywhere lift their hands out. So God wants your church to lift your hand. But that lifting of hand is not the worship. It's only a sign of something. So let me give you an idea. When um, somebody points a gun at you, what was what, what, the response you are supposed to give? Why are you raising your hand? <laughs> eh? Surrender. Surrender. That's why you're raising your hand. Surrender. Surrender. When um, area boys want to hail out money from your pocket, what do they also do? So Alibaba. Raising of hands. Look at this. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up what? Holy hands. There is a significance. What you are trying to say is that, Lord, I am 100% surrendered to you. It is the surrender that is the worship, not the raising of hands. The raising of hands is a sign that I surrender. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You can't go where you need to be. You can't be all you need to be without a life of surrender. Are you here, somebody? You cannot. Mm. Let's look at something there. Romans chapter 12. DJ, give me an NIV version. There must be consecration before the blessing comes. There must be consecration before lifting comes. Today, I'm just doing an intro. We'll, We'll pick it up properly from next week. Today is also Thanksgiving service, so I can't take too much time. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, do what? Offer your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. He said, holy and what? Pleasing to God. This is what? Your true and proper worship. So your true and proper worship is not your singing. What we do in singing, singing is like the lifting of hands, I told you. What we do in singing is just to express our surrender. The surrender is the real thing. You see, when they give you an ATM card, that's not your money. That represents that you have money. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So to take your ATM card and give somebody, and say, I've given you 10 million naira, no. You have not given me 10 million naira. So that's what, we, that's, that's what we do with God. We just give him the symbol of it. That's why you see all over the Bible, they'll say, these people, they worship me with their lips. He said, but their hearts are far from me. It means they are doing the mechanical, they are doing the physical, they attend church, they raise their hand, they find me something during offering time, they just find me something. (laughs) The purpose of giving and tithing is to tell God that our money, the one at home, is his own. So when you are still arguing about giving tithe and, and it's a big deal for you, you have missed the whole point. God is not interested in your 10%. He actually wants... He, he doesn't even want any percent. He wants you. If he has you, you can't be asking him if he owns your money. It's like your dog asking that he wants to keep his dog collar. You don't understand. I own you. 
Anything pertaining to you is my own. When we bring the tithe, all we are saying is that, Lord, the remaining 90 is yours. This is just the 10. The 10% is the lifting of hands that the rest is yours. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's surrender. When that guy points a gun at you and you raise your hand, he can now direct you. You can say, lie down. You have surrendered. He's free to control the remaining part of your life. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what God is trying to achieve. And you see, the beautiful thing, why God is different from the arm robber, is that the arm robber wants to rob you, but God wants to bless you. You see, that's the difference. And if God doesn't have full control of your life, there's no way he can do all the things he needs to do in your life. You are going to give him stress. That's why when they want to carry out a surgery on someone, what's the first thing they do? They knock the person out. If you leave the person awake, he's not going to allow us to carry out the surgery. And interestingly, as well as you want to know, in the olden days, before they started anesthesia and all that, people used to be awake during surgery. I can't imagine. See the doctor sharpening the... <laughs> so this guy, he's not in liver, get problems. I'm not sure what he's in liver, but when we open, we go check. See, because in kidney, self he get problems. Now you that they discuss. And the sharpened knife. Say, hold him, I'm hold him well. Hold him. <laughs> Holding leg well. They will hold <laughs> <laughs> Say, you know, because I'm with again. <laughs> you know, because I'm with again. You know, bring her again. And I, now, kidney be that known, I can leave her fine. <laughs> I can imagine. Like, who me? <laughs> There's no need to finish it. But that's how surgery was. Glory to God. Are you not happy you're living this time? <laughs> Glory to God. So you knock the person off so that you can carry out the surgery. You can, no matter how good they are, they will not allow you operate on them effectively, no matter how good they are. So this is why we must all die. If you don't die, God can't do what he needs to do. This is why he wants you to die. He said you are a living sacrifice. So you are alive, but you have sacrificed yourself. You are a living sacrifice. You are alive, but you have killed yourself. And killing yourself or sacrificing yourself, it will be painful temporarily. There's no way. You can't dodge pain. But you see, all pain is not bad. Some pain are necessary to take you to where you're going. Somebody get what I'm saying. It says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Holy and pleasing to God. Say, this is your true and proper word, worship. So your worship is not what happens on Sunday. Your worship is how you live Sunday to Saturday. What happens from Monday to the next Sunday is your worship. What we come to do here is to celebrate your worship. Your worship really is how you live in the office. That's your worship. If you say you're a worshiper, you want to worship God, is your, let your colleagues in the office tell me all about your worship. Let your business partners, your clients tell me all about That's your worship. Let your husband tell me about your worship. Let your wife tell me about your worship. Those are the people that can really declare you, are, you as a worshiper. Not what you do in church. No, church is not where we worship. Out there is where we The real worship is out there. It's in your, your living sacrifice. It's in how you live every day. That's where your worship is. And, and, and I don't know if I'll have the time to go into it, but let me see if I can touch it a bit. 
you need to know that there are benefits to a life of consecration. Ah, I don't know if I have time today. Let me, let me read one. Joshua. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. I'll just read only one. There are many benefits, but there's no way I can touch them. Because I don't want to start something I won't be able to finish. So we'll continue next Sunday. I'm just laying the foundation of how important it is. Look at this. Um, give me NIV. Good. It said, Joshua told the people, do what? Consecrate yourselves. What will happen tomorrow? Lord will do amazing things. You see, if you are not ready to consecrate yourself, you will never see amazing things. You will see ordinary things. You will see normal things. But if you are interested in amazing things, is there anybody interested in amazing things here? You don't sound convincing. On this side, is there anybody interested in amazing things? Ah, all of you upset, you don't like amazing things. <laughs> if you are interested in amazing things, there's only one channel to it. You must consecrate yourself. So the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Meaning the next phase is God to do amazing things. Give me Exodus 19 verse 10, the NLT version. NLT. NLT. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Glory to God. Do you want to see amazing things in your finances? Do you want to see amazing things in your health? Do you want to see amazing things in your family life? then consecration is the way to go. Keeping, keeping your life specifically for God, living for God. Look at this. It says, Then the Lord said, told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. He said, Do what? Because then today, and, and what? He said, And have them do what? They are clothing. Next verse, I think. Okay, I think we can stop here. He said, consecrate yourself for, for, for prepare for my what? Arrival. So, what, the only thing that precedes divine visitation is consecration. How many of you like for God to visit you? That's what's called divine visitation. When God visits you, he comes with all his goodness. Are you here, somebody? When God visits you, he comes with all his goodness. But they said again, consecration precedes divine visitation. It's not shouting and prayer, consecration. If we have more people that live a consecrated life, a life where you are no more in charge, that's what it means. You are no more the master of your own life. That's what surrender means. That's what we do when we lift our hands and worship. That's what we are saying. We are saying, Lord, you are in charge. When you're consecrated, you don't live your life by culture again. You live it by scripture. Mm. Don't live by what they said in your village. You must impregnate a woman before you marry her. You are not consecrated. You are a village person. It's your village chief that will visit you, not the Lord. Are you here, somebody? Consecration. You understand that you are a different person from, from the world around you. Hallelujah. There are many, many more. Let me do touch one more before I move on. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. So we said, amazing, before you can enjoy miracles, amazing things, there's most consecration. Before you can enjoy divine visitation, there must also be what? We're looking at the benefits of consecration. The next one, I'll do the other ones next week because of time. I'll do one more. Second Timothy 2, 21. Okay, let's start from 20 or 19. Start from 19, guys. He said, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. 
He said, The Lord knoweth, knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ do what? Iniquity. Next verse. He said, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of what? Wood and of earth. Look at this. He says, Some to what? Honor, and some to what? Dishonor. Mm. Mm. See, this is what shows you that you are the one that chooses how you function. That's why I say the ground is always crowded. On the air, there's always space. Next verse. He said, If a man therefore do what? Purge himself or consecrate himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto what? Honor. Sanctified and what? Meet for the master's use and what? Prepare. How many of you would like God to use you? Consecration is the only way. God doesn't use dirty vessels. He doesn't use ordinary or common vessels. I don't know if you understand how powerful it is for God to use you. I know you, right now you just want to eat. You don't even care. I just want to go to Canada. I don't even need God to use me. Listen. <laughs> I, know, I know how human beings think. We think only on the floor. We think carnally. But see, God using you is the biggest honor. Do you know? Let me tell you something. How many of you know that all dogs are not dogs? Ah, uh, uh, let me tell you something. Don't be angry. Let me tell you now. Eh? Some dogs are way more valuable than human beings. Way, not even close. Some human beings greet dog. A millionaire's dog is eating better than some countries, the whole country. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I saw one woman in America. She took her dog for a walk. The dog even had clothes. They went after the dog poo poo. The woman cleaned the dog's bum bum with tissue. <laughs> Clean his bum bum. I've never seen it before in my life that they clean dog's bum bum after they poo poo. And this will be a daily issue because he poops every day. You know some people leave their inheritance to their dog or their cat in millions of dollars. I'm telling you, because when I say, do you want God to use you? You say, no, man, I just want to go to Canada. Listen, it's better for you to be a, dog, a God's dog. You'll be more useful than lions roaming free. If God use you, you'll be better than the person that bank is using. You're better than the person that uh, telecoms is using. You're better than the person that oil and gas is using. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because somebody will still use you last, last. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not getting what I'm saying. Somebody will still use you. But some people will be vessels unto honor. Some will be vessels unto dishonor. Some will be vessels of gold and silver. Some will be vessels of wood. And what makes the difference? What's the difference between gold and silver and wood and earth? Is that one decays and deteriorates. Gold stays the same way year after year. What it means is that if God uses you, there's eternal value to it. The things you do here on the earth, the Bible said our works will be tested by fire. Fire purifies gold, but fire burns wood. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. So if bank use you, when they are done with you, you'll be useless. <laughs> that means you can't be used again. You'll be only useful on this earth for natural things. Some of you, your fathers worked in bank. Is the bank calling their name now? It's gone. 
But when God used you, he said, you will have reward here. You will have reward in where you are going. And the lives you have touched here will still count for you. You better be gold. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The one that paid me. <laughs> when Joe Biden's dog died, American president, his dog died. It was on the news. Hey! When I mean news, I don't mean uh, AIT. I mean BBC, CNN. It was carried that the, fam- the Biden family announced the death on CNN, uh, BBC, the Biden family announced the death of their beloved dog. Many of you here, all the billions of people in Nigeria, has any of them made news? Is that dog not of more value globally? Because it's the president's dog. That I'm telling you. So when I say let God use you, if you understand it, you will raise your hand faster than you did. Because the person that owns you is important. Joe Biden's dog is not an ordinary dog. That dog lives in the White House. <laughs> Other dogs provide security. That dog has security. Shh. You don't understand. <laughs> Other dog are doing security. That dog has people securing it. Must not die. I won't be surprised if that dog has food testers. That tastes his food to be sure. There's no trash inside. The dog died and it was on BBC. The Biden family announced the death of their dog. So when their cats still die now, they will announce that the cat has died. And there are many important human beings that have died, but nobody had. Even AIT didn't carry it. I'm just trying to show you. So when we say, if God uses you, you might not understand the magnitude. If the almighty God, Joe Biden's tenor is only four years. It depends if he wins the next election. Even if he wins, that will be eight years maximum. God's tenor. Joe Biden oversees only America. God oversees the whole earth. He's the God of the universe. So apart from the earth, even other galaxies is still in charge. Even other planets is still in charge. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So you need to understand the honor of saying you are a servant of God. There's honor attached to it. Both here on the earth and in the world to come. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? And they said the way for you to be a vessel unto honor. Fit. Look at it. It says, prepared and fit for the master's use. He said, the way to be that is to be consecrated. You must pull yourself aside. Look at it. If therefore a man purge or consecrate himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use. And he said, prepared unto what? This is why, so don't, don't, don't break your head about you getting blessed. When God is using, that Biden's dog doesn't pray for anything. All he needs to do is to be Biden's dog. Once he's Biden's dog, effectively, rent handled, feeding handled, bed handled, accommodation handled. If he cough, it has the best veterinary doctors attend to it. Can say, where is he paying you? Say, they will touch you. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, oh. Say, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that dog, I'm sure before that dog died, I will go and investigate it. I'm sure before that dog died, they gave it oxygen mask. I'm sure I will check. 
That's not an ordinary dog, my brother. <laughs> that dog is bigger than some presidents of countries. Okay. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The medical care available to that dog. And you say you don't want God to use you. You want men to use you. When men use you, they useless you. When God uses you, he elevates you. Are you here, somebody? Glory to God. In closing, we'll continue this next week and we'll go into details. I'm just doing intro today. In closing, the first place worship was ever mentioned in the Bible. Because there's a principle called the law of first mention, which says that, you know, wherever something is mentioned for the first time captures the real essence of the thing. So the first place the word worship was used in the Bible was referring to where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. Living sacrifice. He was going to sacrifice. He was going to give something precious to him. That's the first place worship was ever used in scripture. So worship is not singing. It's not singing. I'm sorry. You're not a worshiper because you sing. You're a worshiper because you're ready to sacrifice and put God first in everything. First place worship was used had to do with giving. Had to do with giving. This is why most times money is the quickest way to measure people's hearts. It's the quickest way because it is what most people already worship. It's what most people already worship. Their life is dedicated to making money. That's what they're dedicated for. Everything they do to 24 hours is dedicated to how they will survive, how they will make money. So that's why Jesus Christ said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You see, God, Jesus was going to compare our worship with God to something else. And the only thing that will match God in most people's hearts is money. Jesus didn't say you can't serve God and be proud. He didn't say you can't serve God and be chasing sex. He went straight for money. He said you can't serve God and money at the same time. Because money is the, is the strongest competitor of worship in people's hearts. Somebody get what I'm saying? You must be able to consecrate yourself financially. So this is where issues of tithing comes in. It's part of what our tithe means. That we are consecrated to God financially. And sometimes too, we are required to make sacrifices in our giving. Just like Abraham did. But the great thing is that everywhere people have sacrificed to give God something. I've never seen anyone go without a reward. God is too big to owe anybody. God is the biggest and best place to invest in. Kingdom investment is the best. Every other investment can fail. Kingdom investment never fails. You must consecrate yourself. You can't be into a fraudulent business and say you want God to use you. And trust me, whatever fraudulent business we give you is nothing compared to what God can give you. We'll deal with all these things. I'm trying to just round today up because of time. So, financial consecration involves giving. Knowing that everything God brings to you is already his own. He's just entrusting it to you to see how you will handle it, to see if he needs it. Will he get it back? Are you here, somebody? If he needs that money with you, can he call for it? Two guys in the New Testament draw my attention when it comes to consecration. The first one is 
Barnabas. After the new church started, of course, they needed money for many things. It was a new church. They were facing challenges. They needed money for many things. The Bible said Barnabas sold his land, sold his property, and brought it to church to help people in church. Is somebody getting this? The guy called Barnabas. This is a New Testament church. He just started church, Acts of the Apostles. He sold all his things. DJ, you can look for it for me. He sold all his things. They particularly called Barnabas. Now, many people were giving. Many people were giving at that time because that's how the church ran then. You know, many people were giving. But Barnabas in particular, Barnabas in particular sold his land and sold a lot of things for them to mention his name particularly. The Bible is like that. Whenever they mention something specifically, there's a reason. Let's read it. He said, and Joseph who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted what? The son of God. So Barnabas was not his name. It was a name they gave him by virtue of his giving. So Barnabas was not his name. Barnabas is the name the apostles gathered together and said, your name can't be Joseph. Joseph for where? You are a son of consolation. Because they needed the money badly at the time. He said, a Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and did what? Brought the money and did what? Laid it at the apostles' feet. I don't know if the next verse connects to it. Okay. But the, but the point was that many people were given at the time, but for them to mention his own, he particularly made a big sacrifice. And you see the beautiful thing about this guy, he started first as a giver. The moment he could consecrate himself and his money, later he became one of the major apostles that preached. When God was calling Paul, he said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work I've called them to do. So, consecration always comes before God using you. There's no two ways about it, guys. And you see, let me tell let me whisper something to you. Everybody has a great calling in God. Just not everybody fulfills it. I know some of you are saying, me, I want just to sit down in church. I want you just, you know, I don't go like that. I fornicate regularly. I cannot stop smoking. I cannot stop. doesn't matter. You still have a great calling in God. It's just that you're not willing to forfeit some, in quote, pleasures. But at the end of the day, you will find out that you, what you missed was greater than what you got. It's always like that. They say, it's all wept. It's all, you know, it's all ate porridge. It's porridge, not sweet. No, let's be fair. It's asaro, not sweet. The bad one. You know the bad one that they serve in Yoruba party? It's asaro, not sweet. Asaro is sweet now. With dry fish or with pomo. Asaro is sweet. And he was very hungry. Do you think he didn't enjoy it? He enjoyed it. Only that what he lost, way more valuable than what he gained. What he ate was earth and wood. It decayed in his stomach and became, went to the toilet. But what, you know what he lost? He lost gold and silver that would have still lasted till today. Because gold and silver never expires. What was the gold and silver? It was supposed to be Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Today is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Asaro has gone, but the, the issue is still here. Asaro is in toilet by now. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That Jacob was now the person God turned to Israel. So the whole country of Israel that we celebrate today, that would have been Esau. So, as, when, so when God said consecrate yourself, he's not trying to be wicked. He's saying, look, there's more to you. There's gold and silver in you, but you want to die as wood and earth. Nobody remembers earth. We dust earth off our feet. Are you here, somebody? Barnabas, God later called him, separate on the Paul and Barnabas for a work I've called. Barnabas is one of the greatest apostles. He started first from giving financially. 
Um, second guy I want to draw attention to is Ananias and Sapphira. Those ones too were in the church at that time. They called for a project. Ananias and Sapphira too. They saw Barnabas. Because Barnabas was giving. They took pledge. We will give our house. We will sell our land too like Barnabas. We want them to change our name too. You see, when they say some vessels, vessels unto honor, some vessels unto dishonor, listen, God will use your life anyhow. It's just that he might use your life to teach people how not to live. Because I've mentioned Esau in today's message, Abby. And boy, it's not for a good thing. It's not a vessel unto honor. I've mentioned Ananias and Sephira in this message. It's not for a good thing. So God will still use your story. Only that you, you will decide whether you use it unto honor or unto dishonor. Will you use your story to say this is how to live? Or will you use your story to say this is how not to live? But that's your story. Because you are writing it every day. God will use it. He's even using it. Already. And I said, Sephira, bring it up. Day to pledge. Who will give? Say, but a certain man, with his wife, Sapphira, sold a possession, maybe land to a house, I believe. Next verse. It says, and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Next verse. Let's move quickly. I'm about to round up. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? So it was land. Same thing. I'm sure he was trying to copy Barnabas. Next thing. Two land issue inside the same book of the Bible. One chapter after the other. Whilst it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy power? Why hast thou convinced, I mean, conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Next verse, quickly. He said, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that had. That means he died. Next verse, quickly. He said, And the young man arose, carried him, and went, and went to bury him. Next verse. He said, And in about the space of three hours after, which his wife, not knowing, because there was no social media, was <laughs> not knowing what was done, she came in. Next verse. And Peter ans- answered unto her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Next verse. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that you two have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Next verse. And then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead also. So they had to do their job again. You know, what was that song that... They carried... Carrying her forth. They went to bury her by her husband. Their story too is in the Bible, just next to Barnabas' own. Next to Barnabas' own. But Barnabas' own was a life of sacrifice, consecration. And we saw how it ended. Their own life was a life of carnality. Bless me, bless me. More, more. They couldn't consecrate and see how they ended. So you are going to choose how your story will end. We're going to start today because for each Sunday, I'm going to talk about something you must lay down. And we're starting with money today. Next Sunday, I'll talk about something else you must lay down. All the Sundays. Consecration is about putting down something and gaining something. You never lose when you give some, drop something because of God. You never lose. That rich young ruler that refused to sell his things. Today, what a, even if he had those things, can he use the car? He was using that now. But his name would have been remembered forever. Most of you know we've bought a new property. It's time for us to start to work on the property and move to that property. <clears throat> Yeah. Glory to God. It's becoming more and more difficult to even park here, to access here. Some of you that came in today saw how difficult 
is getting, it's better for us to start moving to that new site. Um, so we want to start giving towards that project. DJ, I don't know if you have some of the videos. I remember, I think we've been here for over 10 years now. We've been on this site for over 10 years, about 10 years. Boss, I do you know the amount of years. I'm not good at remembering those figures, but we've been here for about 10 years or 11. I remember when we were sand filling. This place was all water, all. This was when we were sand filling. Did you have, you have the things quickly? What's happening? Yeah, this, hey, this Mr. Mika, why are you showing me Mr. Mika like this? <laughs> Where is he? He's in church. Okay. <laughs> so this is how this place was. We we're just sand filling it. It was just sand. DJ, we have to faster than that because we're part of round up. So this is how it was. Um, I remember. This beautiful place you're seeing now, you're enjoying it. This is it. So, but basically, we, um, we, it's time for us to move to that new place, also to start moving on it. Um, we want to receive, we want to trust God for the first phase of that thing to cost, it's going to cost around 200 million for the first phase of that movement. And um, we want to receive that offering quickly today. Um, this one, you're even showing the nice, nice pictures. Things have advanced at this point. I'm talking about when we're still using, but it's fine. We'll, we'll show that on that Sunday. Okay? I don't have time for that today. You can stop doing this slide so that we'll concentrate on what I'm saying. So, um, we, we believe God to, to start moving to that place. Um, first phase of it is 200 million. I want to ask people that want to give towards that to, to do so. So, what I'm going to do, if you are here and um, I want to give like 10 million for this first phase. That's what I want to do. If you are here, you can give 10 million or above. Um, uh-uh. <laughs> not not the 10 million they make you this sneeze. <laughs> 10 million is not money. <laughs> Praise God. All right, we don't have time. We don't have time, guys. I have to I have to leave. I have to leave. We don't have time. We have to leave. We don't have time. Um so please, um if you are here you can give um 10 million and above. Uh, please raise your hand. Let them give you a pledge slip. Quickly, quickly. You can do that. You want to join me to do that? Quickly raise your hand. If there's anybody here like that, you can do 10 million and above. If you're also here, you can do 5 million and above. Please raise your hand. We need this money ASAP. Uh, my desire is that we, we should be there in that new site by crossover service this year. We really need to be there by crossover service this year. So please raise your hand. They'll give you a pledge card. There are people around you. Um, if you can do 1 million towards it, Consecration. Somebody said, but I have something else to do with the money. Of course. <laughs> There's no free money, but every time you intercept your own schedule for God, every time God interrupts you, it's for a good thing. God has never interrupted somebody and the person's life go down. Trust me. You might, what you use that thing for might be wood. might not be here in 100 years. But you see, when you use it for the things of God, it will count. It's gold and silver. It will count forever. All those people you saw in the picture that developed this place we are in, as you are blessed today, it's accruing to the account, wherever they are in the world. Some of them are not even here again. But as they laid the foundation of this place, you are getting blessed. People get saved here every day. It's, that's how spiritual things work. But the, the things, the food you bought, the car you bought, the, anybody that bought a car at that time, 10 years ago, are they still using the car today? Yeah, the car is gone. It's wood. It's earth. But the people that built God's house, we are here. So that's the difference. Yes, this is the account number I can but I need, I need the pledge card so that we know exactly what we are dealing with in terms of figures. So that's why I need you to fill the pledge card, okay? You can, see, you can do your transfer immediately today, it's fine. But I need pledge cards because we need to know how much we have received so that we plan from there. So it's important you fill the pledge card. So if you want to give 10 million or above, 5 million and above, 1 million and above, please raise your hand, they'll give you ushers around you. If you want to give 500 and above, if you want to give even 100K, you want to give 10K. This means I expect everybody to raise their hand. If you're not raising your hand, then I'm shocked. 
Everybody needs to give something. That's what I mean. So look for the figure that works for you. There must be a figure that works for you that you can give. So I expect everybody really to, to give. All right? If it's 10,000, that is your size. God knows your size. But your, your money must be there, and it must be sacrificial. It can't be loose change. You're not settling God. God is not the area boy. It's not just let me find one loose change for God. No, don't, don't, don't do that. This is not that type of offering. I will tell you when it's time for that. This is not this, no, not this one. This one must be like an Isaac. It must be something important. Abraham was taking Isaac to worship. Isaac was his only son. Not that he had on that one. Isaac was his only son at the time. So what I'm talking about is must be a sacrificial thing. I'm not talking about loose change. That's not what I'm looking for today. We're not talking about loose change. We're talking about something precious. Something precious. <laughs> That's why those guys kept their land. It was precious. Land was a big deal. But they mentioned it specifically. Barnabas sold his own and gave it. When we're buying this property we are in, um, I sold my land too. Many years ago. I would never need that land. Where that land was, it was the prime area in this area at that time, but I would never need it today. I won't live in that place, even if you beg me now. The place God replaced the land with, way better. <laughs> way better. That's how life works. God has never taken something from somebody and given them something worse. It's not God. It's not God. I sold my land. I can remember, the, I think the price was $16 million that time, or $17 million that time. Many years ago, more than 10 years ago, I think. I sold my land and gave towards either this project or Island Church project. Uh, the place I live now, <laughs> I would, if the place, that place I sold the land, it was prime area here in Amuodeno, but I would never live there today, even if you beg me. Mm. God has upgraded everything. This God is good, if you know how to work with him. He has better plans, always has better plans. Can I pray over your pledge cards if you have filled? I expect everybody to have. I expect everybody to have. Be the Barnabas today, not Ananias and Sapphira. That's why as husband and wife, you must go to advise yourself. If one person brings bad idea, two of you can't be mad at the same time. If your husband brings bad idea, you wife, correct him. If wife brings bad idea, you husband, correct. These two, they connive together and they died. They said they were buried side by side. Mm. So advise yourselves. Let's pray, guys. Father, I thank you for every giver today. These ones are consecrating their finances. Lord, make a show of your goodness upon their lives. Demonstrate your abundance upon their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. As they've made these pledges, I release the grace for them to redeem it quickly in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you will replenish their purses. You will open new channels of blessing, new channels of favor. I decree for this one's pledging, this will be the lowest they will ever be. In the mighty name of Jesus, money will never be an issue. Land for them will never be an issue. Properties for them will never be an issue. Not just for them, but for their generations coming after them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or... 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center Home of Victorious People